Welcome to Deleted Saves. On this episode, Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation 1. Dear listeners, I have been waiting a very long time to talk about this game. When Resident Evil first appeared on consoles in 1996, it turned the gaming world on its head with scares, silliness, and gameplay that brought us to a world of survival horror that was so successful any number of other horror franchises quickly copied its style and moves, modifying the gameplay and changing certain story beats, but keeping the core experience intact, which is monumental for a game inspired by a late 80s horror RPG game titled Sweet Home. While I greatly enjoyed Resident Evil, to me, the game often felt like a tech demo, a glimpse of what could be, or what they might have liked to do and where they'd like to go. It was a carnival house of disconnected jump scares and monster closets. Fun, but easily forgotten. For me, those ambitions were fully realized with its sequel, Resident Evil 2, released in 1998. Resident Evil 2 picks up mere months after the first game ended. The few survivors of what is now known as the Mansion Incident come home to warn nearby Raccoon City of impending apocalypse unless the creators of the zombie virus, the Umbrella Corporation, evidence of which is found throughout the hidden forest mansion, are stopped. The problem is Raccoon City is a company town, an updated version of the wholly owned Bergs, much like the kind found in real-life 1900s American history, where a single company owned the government, the cops, most of the businesses, and access to health care. Umbrella owns Raccoon City, and they will not allow their secrets to be exposed, or get loose. Problematically, it is humans who control the city, humans who control the massive network of science labs beneath the city, and humans who control the money of the corporation. Humans with egos and independent thought. So, of course, the virus gets loose and sets off a genuine Romero-esque zombie apocalypse within the city of thousands, reducing survivors to but a mere handful in days. It is at this point into the story into which our future heroes quite literally blunder. Rookie cop Leon S. Kennedy and college student Claire Redfield, the younger sister of one of the playable survivors of the first game. While competent, neither of them is a trained Special Forces member, and neither of them have any idea what the fuck is going on. We the player may know, but this allows us to experience the plot with fresh eyes as both Leon and Claire, as they fight and puzzle-solve their way through the world's weirdest police station, strangely modified sewers, brief ruined city sections, and finally Nest, the cradle of the disaster. What's more, neither character experiences the game in the same way. Each has a separate NPC that they meet along the way, Super Spy Ada Wong and Gifted Child Sherry Birkin, respectively, and may even confront separate bosses and areas that the other playable character cannot access. Even taking certain types of equipment denies the other character discovering and utilizing it. To get the true ending, you must play through both campaigns in either order, although the canon path is clear A, Leon B, so that you can get the full experience. This, this is Resident Evil at its best. Not everything is pure gold, of course. The puzzles can seem out of place, Limited item capacity on your characters can meet a lot of backtracking if you forget something, or your pockets are full and you really need that shotgun. Some areas seem like filler, and the dialogue is written, and sometimes performed, as if for a local theater troupe doing something wacky like Hamlet 2021 rather than a professional product. Thankfully, these detractions can be overlooked regarding the success of the whole. Make no mistake, 
Resident Evil 2 is tense, even scary at times, making you wonder about every choice, every pickup, and if every combat will result in success or death. Can you tell I like this game? It is true. I make no bones about it. I have always been much more a fan of the Leon Clare access to the game history than that of Chris or Jill's access, as I felt much more attached to those characters than the mansion survivors. Had I not played this game, I would have disregarded the rest of the fine chaz entirely. I was that impressed by what had been done. I played RE2 over and over, completing the game in every mode and in every order, playing and completing the unlockable character quests, and gaining many of the unlockable post-game goodies as my patience would allow. I could remember the puzzle solutions and pickup locations in my sleep. By now, a lot of the facts surrounding RE2 are publicly known. How the game we got was a massive reworking of what was supposed to be an unfinished game, now known as Resident Evil 1.5, with the missing Eliza Walker, who later became Claire, how George Romero himself filmed a commercial for the game in Japan that was deemed too scary, uh, what did you expect from the godfather of gut-munching zombie horror, as well as a dozen other little bits and changes in lore surrounding the game. But for all those changes, we got a much better product, a much better game. If you have never played Resident Evil 2, you need to. It goes beyond excellent as a video game. It is a genuine timeless classic that even the most easily frightened among gamers need to experience at least once. Some of you may be wondering, did I play the 2019 remake and what did I think of it? <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get to that game in time. No game classic stays dead, much like the zombies it contains. Thank you for listening.